Get updated with the hottest news in insurance, finance, and the newest innovation in InsurTech and FinTech. Hear it from one of the most known and respected voices in the industry, Dr. Robin Kiera. Hey guys, this is Digital Scouting live from the headquarters from Digital Scouting and from the rooting group all the way across the Atlantic in New York City. Hey April, how are you? I'm doing well, Robin. How are you? Thanks uh, for I'm having fine. me. And um, yeah, uh, why are we doing this? Why are we now here? Why are we collaborating in this time of, you know, shutdowns and transatlantic flight cancellations? So we're here to really talk to people about how they can use remote uh, technology, social media, uh, virtual meetings, and how they can be really productive, sometimes even more productive than they might be even in face-to-face -face meetings. So I'm excited for this conversation. So how do you think in the insurance and finance industry and also in the wealth space in which you are like super famous and, you know, I think the world leading influencer there with detailed insights of, you know, into really what's really happening in, in banks and the whole industry. Do you have the feeling that insurer, that banks and, and, and wealth management institutions are ready for that? Can people work, can their stuff go home and work from home? So that's a great question. I mean, with compliance and regulatory environments always in flux and uh, very technical, with every firm having their own policies and procedures, we're at this really transitional time right now in the US. I think everyone has policies and procedures for working remotely, but now we're really testing it. Uh, yeah. We're really trying to figure out whether or not these policies and procedures are working and what can we do to make ourselves more productive? So, of course, everything that we're going to talk about today means that you need to check with your individual firm policies and procedures. But um, many, many organizations have their financial advisors now working from home, yep. which in some ways can be a more secure and private uh, setting yeah. than, than an office, um, and in some ways not. So um, what do you see happening over in Europe with regard to that? Yeah, so uh, we have uh, Steve uh, Foss, CEO from Neo Digital, and Frank Genheimer from Next Insurance Business uh, joining here on the live chat. So thank you very much for your feedback. Uh, and they say it's never been more important than to, to be digital. And to answer your question, um, uh, April, I think what well, I really know that we have insurers and uh, brokers um, and large sales organizations that um, actually um, are, you know, digital, people can go home, everything is fine. But I had also talks with COOs and CEOs of financial institutions that say, uh, that said, well, um, uh, if Corona comes to our office, we need to shut down because there's no po possibility that our operations, the sales process or the policy process um, is actually, people need to be in the office because it's no way they can access it from outside or the company doesn't have laptops. Um, at large scale. Um, and I think um, Warren Buffett um, says concerning the financial situation, in crisis you see when the flood goes out, you see who has been skinny dipping. I think you see it right now. To neglect your digital transformation of your large institution is something that um, is, yeah, that's just, um, the, the hits are coming now and now you will see which CIO just went to the Silicon Valley for a nice journey and, you know, visited Facebook and who did really the hard work of digital transformation. 
Um, and I'm really curious what the people out there think. We have already here and other people joining. Um, yeah, sorry, Frank, it's a new insurance business. I'm excited. I'm a little bit excited. Um, and also Jill from Israel. Very, very cool that you guys are here. Um, and yeah, again, Steve, Steve also from Neo Digital says, not every company provides laptops. And um, do you have, is it, is it a European thing or is it also in the US um, that there are some players that- So it's can... definitely, yes, it's definitely a global thing. So financial services has a couple of different issues that we should talk about. One, uh, the laptop. So why do they provide the laptop? Uh, it's for security, right, and privacy so that they can control what the client communications are oh. and the people aren't using channels and aren't doing things that aren't really endorsed by the firm. So that's one issue that comes from uh, the laptop. But today we also have uh, phones and we have other devices, our tablet and other things that people can use. Um, and so uh, I think it's really to your point, how is digital managed at an enterprise level and how do firms allow their agents or wealth managers to use the devices that um, they need to use yeah. and then the ones that clients expect them to use. Mm -hmm. So texting, for example, messaging, yeah. all these different ways of communicating, social media um, mm -hmm. are just now being tested, to your point, um, by firms. And I think that this will be a transformational event that will point all firms right in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. And then Frank in the comments just mentioned that he's trying to set up video meetings with uh, his insurance clients. And then most or a lot don't, uh, what does he say? Impossible with most of them. And um, yeah, I think uh, that's something, I, I, but I'll, I know also some out there that are doing a great job. I really like what you said about privacy. I think it's very special in the wealth space because yes, we also have GDPR, this new fancy thing over here and where we torture the world with and ourselves. But in the end, in the insurance space, except for like, like super specific industrial insurance or, you know, um, also some wealth topics, most of the products, even for affluent, uh, are quite simple. And there's no big secret, you know, how many square foot your uh, um, uh, household insurance needs to cover. It's not so sensitive as financial planning, advising, uh, investment decisions, or even decisions by large companies when they're driven by, you know, families that own it. So I think that's, so, that's something super interested. But on the other hand, I know also from um, technical solutions in which you can use chat um, formats uh, and chat technology, even with this super high net worth individuals that, you know, cover all compliant things. So, yeah, I think it's all about um, if the people want it or not. Um, yeah, and, and George. Yeah, Bailey, I mean, um, you know, it yeah. comes down to also just communications, right? Yeah. So privacy can mean a lot of different things. Privacy can even mean uh, if I'm doing business in a Starbucks, right, or a coffee yeah. shop, is that a private conversation? No. If I'm working remotely, if yeah. I'm working mm -hmm. uh, from home, uh, versus working in an office, perhaps it's more private at home where no one's listening, where other people yeah. can be walking by, hearing a conversation, but privacy, as you said, can also mean client portfolios, um, can be advice, can be more than just a regular uh, yeah. conversation. So privacy is really a broad topic. Yeah, and I think nobody would actually uh, invite his client to a, a wealth management um, meeting at a Starbucks, you know, at least not talking about serious topics. So that should actually make uh, everybody sensitive about not doing opening the laptop there. Um, well, some, you know, the millennials, right, might want to meet at a coffee shop, right? They may not be sensitive to that yeah. issue. And so I think there's an opportunity for wealth managers yeah. to educate their clients 
as yeah. to what some of these privacy and security issues are yeah. and how to really treat these materials. So uh, I think you're right in general, but yeah. it could be an educational moment. I have a question from the audience here. Stephen uh, says it's not only about communication, but also about certain processes. In insurance, you have this claims management and policy management, which is like a like industrialized process. Um, big question is that, uh, and he says correctly, there are a lot of uh, insurers that cannot do it without people standing besides the 30-year-old IT systems. Is this the operation of a bank, an operation of trading, for example, or shifting financial assets, which I think is quite super important uh, today when the stock market is taking a deep Halted. dive. Halted, yes. Oh, did, yeah. I, I think it's an exciting day today. Um, <coughs> depends if you're in cash or not. But what? <coughs> sorry, I don't have yeah, corona. Don't disclose that because that wouldn't be secure. Okay, yeah. keep going. And um, what I want to say is, is it also an issue at banks or is it, are the processes leaner or not that, you know, old or complicated that um, they could perform actually the bank out, out from outside? So that's a great question. I mean, banks typically have a lot of legacy systems yeah. that they've tapped digital into. And so they've given uh, remote workers or even people in an organization ability to tap into legacy systems where they may have all their data. So I think mm. this type of situation just gives it sort of a stress test to yeah. see how it works or doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you saw, for example, that Robinhood was having some outages. Sorry, Robin, that's Robinhood, the app, not Robin Kiara. But Robinhood mm -hmm. was having some outages due to the sheer volume yeah. of trades that have been coming in. And some of these things have you know, are really April. black swan events. They've never happened before. But April, in times of, you know, uh, um, cloud computing, you have great cloud systems out there from the big tech companies, you know. Uh, I don't want to say hi to my friends of AWS and Microsoft Azure and uh, IBM or whatever. You know, technology is out there. So why do they have an outage? Or is it an architectural problem that they never guessed that so many, you know, requests would happen? Well, I can't speak specifically, but I would say yeah. that it's probably the second, um, you know, Robinhood is a startup and there are many other startups that are trading platforms yeah. that some of which operate uh, by themselves and some of which operate integrated into wealth management firms and banks. So I don't want to talk about specific products, but I can say yeah. that it is a stress test, right? We've never had so many people coming on at the same time, so many trades yeah. executing at the same time. Um, yeah. And then so many people tapping in to what their account balances look like. So I think it's this is what makes this sort of black swan event, that stress test that I'm talking about, to yeah. really see whether or not these systems and processes work, uh, what might not work, and where they need to really correct the um, workflow. So we started the discussion about what does it mean for how people work and are the institutions ready? Another topic, I think it's super interesting because um, we have, you know, you our European view, your uh, American view on it. Um, we're talking about a, this black swan event. Um, is it just, you know, like a black swan? Sometimes it flies away and everything is fine afterwards. Or what do you estimate uh, does it have as a consequence on economy? And especially what, what vibes do you feel from the finance uh, community? So um, obviously, if I had a crystal ball, I wouldn't be on this broadcast with you. Uh, I would either be flying somewhere or doing or uh, all right um, under my apartment building. But uh, I think the idea is that um, we really don't know. And so we need to yeah. be um, rehearsed and practiced for all these different things that are happening. Um, certainly those people that are, you know, in cash, 
uh, have a better position now or understanding that the stock market everywhere, volatility is always all about highs and lows and riding the waves over the long term. So I think it's an opportunity. The reason to go back to the communications is because wealth managers really need to reassure their clients at this time uh, about these certain points that we've had uh, 9-11, we've had 2008, we've had uh, SARS, we've had other um, epidemics, pandemics, uh, and disasters, right, that have impacted uh, the economy, not only in the U.S., but, you know, we're we're more of a global economy now. Yeah, so um, especially with all the hurricanes that have become uh, bigger and bigger and which have become the biggest claims in in, in insurance history, by the way, like uh, Katrina, Rita and, and, and all of them, and especially the human um, loss and, and, and sadness and all the things that happen. So my impression over here is um, I'm surprised about the, you know, the government reactions so there seems to be a lot of panic not only in the stock market but also in the parliaments and the uh, government buildings Um, and the price they are willing to pay because i mean to shut down cities uh, in in northern italy the the heart of the italian economy uh, are now um, to shut down uh, uh, business flights uh, businesses um, and and also shut down you know transportation Uh, in our talk we had before preparing this uh, conversation you said, you know, it's also a shock to the supply chain. And to be honest, this makes it scarier to me a little bit um, than 2008, where it came from the finance world. And, you know, if you had a good business you, you, and you, you were not skinny dipping in, in financially, you, you could make it. But now this looks a little bit serious. What is your take on it? Or am I panicking? Uh, well, look, uh, there's a different, quite a difference between uh, panicking and being a realist. Yeah. Um, but today's news cycle makes it difficult to sift out what is, you know, the signal from the noise here. So yeah. I think that people in business, uh, such as you and I, such as all of our listeners, yeah. are should rightly concerned to be uh, thinking about their business because supply chain is disrupted. Um, yeah. Whether we're talking about cargo and shipments coming from Asia, yeah. uh, which I know sometimes people are refusing, don't want to open. Uh, same thing coming from Italy and other destinations yeah. that have been marked as sources of coronavirus. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, can I say whether it's hype or whether it's you mm-hmm. know reality? I don't really know, but I think it's it's good to be prudent and to be rightly interested in what this disruption looks like to, to the supply chain uh, because we have a global supply chain now. So I think it impacts not only enterprise, large enterprise firms as they think about yeah. how, excuse me, how do they run their business, but also smaller businesses too. How do they connect with clients? How do they keep keep themselves in business and keep themselves in front of people that might be thinking they have more pressing problems than uh, social media, let's say, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm also curious what the what the audience thinks, what they have um, been seeing in their immediate uh, surroundings. Um, so um, yeah, of course, and we don't have a crystal ball, but I'm also curious what how is the insurance and finance industry reacting? Uh, who is going to be stress tested there, or actually tested by you know getting a hit into the face? 
But insurance, I think um, the revenue stream is quite, quite constant or a lot of dramatic things need to happen, like apocalyptic things before people start stop paying their insurance. So I think the industry is a little bit safe. And that for the long run, it's a it's a dramatic consequence if the whole economy. Insurance is so broad, though, Robin. Let's just dissect insurance. Yeah. You could talk to us a little bit more about insurance. I mean, insurance can mean, right, just your ability to make your uh, payments for your own personal insurance. Yeah. Business insurance, it can mean, right, um, you know, yeah. That is broad. That that's is true. That's true. So yeah, of course, if the economy tanks and the um, the business insurance uh, is affected and a lot of people go out of business, then the revenue goes down there too. That's that's sure. That's for sure. Or actually, the Black Swan event like this one, I don't want to know how many policies for like a niche policy for like events uh, or business interruption policies yes. um, have like broad definitions, and now a lot of people have claims in an. At the same time, at a very dense point in time, all over the globe, I'm. This could be very bad, also for direct insurers and reinsurers. So, um, yeah, maybe I need to correct my uh, what I said earlier. So that maybe can be really, really issue. What do you think as a little bit like insurance outside, and what's your finance view on it? Well, I think it's exactly that, right? It's the ability for firms uh, to be able to hold up the economy, pay out these claims, make these claims, think yeah. about what the, their business interruption is, what are their contingency policies. And then I think it really impacts our, you know, our entire global economy, as I said, from large enterprises to small yeah. businesses. So one of the things we talked uh, thought about early on was talking about South by Southwest. So if we yeah. use a specific example, uh, the city of Austin was very dependent, or is, or was, I don't know which tense we are, but very dependent on a, a yearly event like South by Southwest yeah. for local businesses and the local yeah. economy. The influx of, you know, 100,000 people coming in and spending money, um, hiring fans, restaurants, right, all of those things. And now all of that went away and abruptly. Yeah. So I'm guessing those people don't have business interruption insurance. Um, you know, so what do you think about, you know, and, and then Austin and, you know, in the U S I know you lived in Texas. Um, so you're a little bit familiar with Austin, yeah. but uh, Austin really has been such a big convention des a destination in the U S now. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what I, I'm curious about, <coughs> Of course, we have the, the industry perspective, but also the ecosystem or community aspect of, you know, in the insurance community, the insurtech, fintech community. Um, and I, I'm a little bit afraid for there are a lot of people out there that said, you know, conference organizing is what we want to do. And we know all know them. We know these conferences. They are super important for our own, you know, platforms and followings. And now they are um, now they're in distress. So and I have to be quite honest, I canceled also a lot. Also, you know, because I'm a little sick. Um, and nevertheless, this is like brutal to them. Uh, and I really pray that they have a good uh, cancellation insurance and that pandemics are not excluded there. But the big question is, what what can we do to support these people? And what can we do to maybe, uh, you know, relieve them from a little pain? Um, I mean, you talk about South by Southwest. You know, I, I think they are, they are quite well off, but especially smaller events that, you know, ha hang from one event to another. Um, what can we do as a community to actually uh, support these guys? So I think that's a great topic, you know, and we can use that as a topic for our next discussion to really dig yeah. into that and come up with some really actionable things. Yeah. So I would suggest that people tune in for our next chat yeah. uh, on LinkedIn Live to learn more about what are the specifics.
yeah. that um, folks can do and businesses can do um, to keep themselves going in this remote time. I mean, certainly today, social media, digital, and all of that's coming to the forefront. And who better yeah. to discuss the finance and insurance industry than us and also having that sort of global perspective from New York to Germany. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, so also I want to thank everybody in the live stream that's currently here that's going to have a look at it. We will do now a second part on April's on April's channel. So if you don't follow her yet, it's about time. We will, I think, um, tune in in about five to ten minutes uh, and discuss um, what can the community actually do there. And, you know, uh, this is like this week and next week or whenever we have the second uh, real big session we will do it very parallel but now we cut it off and um, thank you guys very much thank you steven mandela adrian my sister maren was there i'm super proud of her yeah and she just joined two weeks ago it's unbelievable all right frank uh george frederick martin um and, and thank you to jill from israel luca yeah, thank you very much for the for this discussion, and we see us in a bit on April. Oh no, 7th. kissing! Wait, sorry, no kissing. That's just remote. Okay. It just takes it takes a second before we can close. Just takes a second because it's the time lag.